Hello and welcome to Only the Parts You Need, a GURPS podcast. I am enraged eggplant and in this episode I would like to discuss languages in GURPS. The transcript for this episode will be linked in the description. I've always enjoyed the study of languages. I even almost applied to study linguistics at a local linguistic university, but at the last moment decided that engineering would give me a better chance to find a job. My love of all language-related things extends to tabletop gaming as well. When I read the D&D supplements and, for example, see that trends or works have their own language, I will think of uh, various translation-related situations or uh, why would anyone who does not belong to these races learn this language. I remember that uh, when I was playing D&D 3.0 as a kid, I had a huge list of languages, believing that every race must have its own language. It didn't make sense to me that, for example, frost giants and fire giants speak the same giant language, despite living in diametrically opposed uh, environments and probably not ever being in contact. My players did not like it, but we still had some amusing situations that have arisen from it. The one I remember the most clear is a player taking the giant eagle language randomly as a joke, but it coming in handy later in the game. Only yesterday I found out that that's actually how languages worked before D&D 3.0. In AD&D, every sapient species had their own language. So let's take a dive into the linguistics of GURPS. GURPS basic set had a language section on pages 23 to 25. In short, languages are treated as advantages. Spoken languages have four comprehension levels. None for zero points, broken for one point, accented for two points and native for three points. The same applies to sign languages. Written languages have three comprehension levels. Literate for three points, semi-literate for one point and illiterate for zero points. At least this is how I understand it, because I find some things ambiguous. For example, it says literacy is a written comprehension level of accented or better, and has an example of French spoken none slash written native for three points. This seems to imply that written comprehension levels of accented and native are different, but the first excerpt does not list any differences. Sapient beings, IQ 6 or higher, start with their native language at native and literate for free. However, at TL4 or below, it is possible that literacy is not widespread. In that case, being semi-literate in your native language is treated as a minus 2 point disadvantage, and illiteracy is a minus 3 point disadvantage. These do not count against the disadvantage limit. In D&D, all characters are assumed to be literate, unless they are barbarians or totemists. So, if you want the D&D experience, you know how to become illiterate now. Wait a second. IQ 6? Chimpanzees and gorillas in the basic set have IQ 6. So, technically, they should start with the chimpanzee and gorilla languages, respectively. Also, that sapient's sidebar mentioned that you may know the language but be unable to speak it physically at no discount. Chimpanzees and gorillas have the cannot-speak disadvantages, so, technically speaking, they have a language that they cannot use among themselves, but they would be able to understand a human speaking chimpanzee. 
is making my head hurt. This limitation is not talking about cannot speak, but talks about a character having their voice box and adjusted for a language in question. For example, some insectile species might be able to speak its native language properly, but it would be unable to speak human languages at all, even if it knows the language and can understand human speech. Perhaps in some cases you can limit the spoken comprehension level. For example, you might let the humans learn this insect language, but they would be able to speak it only at broken. I remember reading the D&D supplement Lords of Madness, where it was said that it is possible to learn the Aboleth language, but you can only speak it if you have a certain collection of pipes to blow. The same thing can be found in GURPS Brainstorm, where the dolphins have a spoken language that they can only use amongst themselves. Nobody else can speak or understand it. These dolphins do not have cannot speak. Accents are treated as familiarities for acting and mimicry speech. You can learn a language just as you can learn a skill. 200 hours of study equals to one character point. However, language study without a teacher is four times as difficult. It is also said uh, that if you live in another country and speak its language at all times, then you automatically get 4 hours per day of study, uh, which is equivalent to one character point every 50 days. I guess the local population counts as a teacher, because 50 times 4 equals 200, not 800. This is also an exception to the one skill at a time rule. Untrained skill use was introduced in GURPS Social Engineering Back to School on page 9 and then somewhat expanded in GURPS Dungeon Fantasy IV Sages on page 13. Languages are not skills, however, unless you are using colorless green ideas sleep furiously, which I will discuss later. I see nothing wrong in allowing somebody with a language manual to translate text or even converse with somebody, provided they have enough patience to wait for the character to look up all the words and grammar. I do not really have any tested mechanics in mind, but I would, I would do something like the following. A successful linguistics role, or IQ-6, since the textbook will allow untrained skill use, allows you to translate or pronounce a sentence at accented, while a failed role lets you do it at broken, unless you fail by 5 or more. The base time required for this task would be 5 minutes modified normally as per time spent. There's a few advantages and modifiers related to languages in the basic set. The first one is language talent. This one costs 10 points and decreases the point cost of languages by one step. Speak with animals costs 25 points and allows you to speak with animals. Limited it to a single species is a minus 80% limitation, which translates into an animal language costing 5 points. Animals cannot write, so it probably should be closer to 3 points. If you want to make these costs more consistent with human languages, decrease the cost of speak with animals from 25 to 15 points. On the other hand, maybe 5 points result in 3 points being modified with uh, cosmic, can speak to non-sapient beings, plus 50%. Who knows, I'm just speculating here. I should know that GURPS template Toolkit 2 Races does mention that games about talking animals should have animal languages. Speak with plants costs uh, 15 points, 
but does not have a pre-made limitation that allows you to specialize. If we borrow the limitation from speak with Amos, then a minus 80% will give us the cost of 3 points for a single plant language. Dyslexia makes you fully illiterate. Non-iconographic is somewhat similar, but for abstract symbols and images. However, this does not cover hieroglyphs or similar written alphabets. Thus, a non-iconographic uh, character can read and write Mandarin or Ancient Egyptian. Now here's an interesting one. In D&D, it is assumed that thoughts are universal, they have no language. Thus, if you are casting detect thoughts or using telepathy, you'll be able to read the mind of the subject or communicate with it, respectively, regardless of the language barrier. GURPS does not assume that. Mind probe, mind reading and telesend do require you to have a language in common, not that uh, mind control does not, unless you take the universal plus 50% enhancement. If you want mind control or some other ability be language dependent, uh, then you should apply the accessibility only on those who share a language with me, minus 10% limitation, that was introduced in GURPS power-ups 8 limitations on page 5. It is usually accompanied by hearing-based. By the way, repeat with and medium also require a shared language. This brings up another thing. If a character knows multiple languages, what language does he think in? Personally, I think in two languages, but there was a time when I was thinking in three languages. If a telepath uh, tries to read my mind when I'm thinking in language one, uh, but both telepath and I also know language 2, while the telepath does not know language 1. Should he be able to gain any information from me? Technically, we do share a language, but I would be thinking in a language that he does not know. In such cases, I think it would be reasonable to determine randomly the current internal monologue language from among the languages whose spoken form is known at accented or native. If the mental contact lasts for a long time, roll every minute. What if the character knows that his mind is being read and he wants to force his internal monologue into a specific language to foil the attempt? The mind block skill does something similar, but much more broad. I suggest requiring a will roll every minute or every second in a stressful situation, just as per mind block, to force yourself to think in a language you know at native, or will minus two, for a language that you know it accented, with the same situation of bonuses and penalties as for mind block. But how do deaf or mute people think? I had to look it up online. Apparently deaf people were, who were born deaf and have not undergone vocal training think in signs and pictures, so being deaf gives a minor advantage against mental intrusions, since it's unlikely that a telepath would know a sign language. And now let's go back a bit. It is possible that you do not have any language at accented or better, even your native one. In that case, you, if you know your native language at broken, then your inner monologue is at broken comprehension level, and requires an IQ role to interpret for the mind reader. If you cannot speak your native language at all, you think in the images. Other than that, there's only one skill related to languages, linguistics. 
It allows you to determine what language somebody is speaking or writing, and a successful role per month allows you to study a language without a teacher at full speed instead of quarter speed. Uh, this role takes a penalty if the language is very alien, as described in GURPS space. And that's it for the basic set. What about the other books? First, let's take a look at Perks and Quirks from uh, Power-Ups 2, Perks and GURPS Power-Ups 6, Quirks. First, we have the accent perk that allows you to wave some uh, roles to imitate accents. Then we have the one-way fluency and one-way literacy perks that allow you to only understand or speak a certain language, or only read or write. The only language-related quirk I found is mild dyslexia. GURPS Supers uh, also has the omnilingual and xeno-omnilingual unusual backgrounds that cost 40 and 80 points, respectively. This allows uh, the user to communicate in any language. Let's look back at Speak with Animals. We know that accessibility only on animals is a minus 25% limitation. If we apply it to Omnilingual, we get a 30-point advantage. Close enough, right? Curbs Template Toolkit 2 Races has a new advantage, Signals. This one allows you to communicate not with sound, but with blinking lights, electric pulses, chemical agents or color changes. This brings up a question, what exactly counts as a language? For example, a light elemental and a will-o'-wisp might be able to communicate among their own kind with blinking lights, but would they be able to communicate with each other? They probably would blink differently, so they would have two different blinking languages. The same would apply to two different alien species that employ chemical communication. Can it be accented at producing smells? Or are the fluency level less discreet in such languages? It's up to the GM to decide. Now that I think about it, what about the machines? Can a human robot use a radio communication and be understood by an alien-built computer? Probably not, so this would probably count as a language too. GURPS Powers, the weird, has a language-based power, Logos. However, it does not have an actual language, but represents grasping the very essence of communication without the need for a language, at least in some cases. Uh, some other languages can possess supernatural qualities, but still allow you to use them for actual communication. I have converted some of them from D&D, Alignment Languages, Dark Speech and Words of Creation. GURPS Horror Madness Dossier uh, has some languages uh, provide minor bonuses to resist some abilities. Adding such minor uh, bonuses could uh, give your languages a lot of flavor. For example, if Draconic is a language of magic, then uh, perhaps knowing Draconic at native gives a uh, plus one to roles made to decipher arcane writings. The language barrier can also be circumvented via magic. Spells such as borrow language, land language, gift of tongues and uh, gift of letters make communication very easy. Gift of tongues is started up as a sorcery spell in GURPS Taumatology Sorcery and costs only 28 points. That's actually cheaper than Omnilingual. This alone makes the College of Communication and Empathy very useful. If you feel that these spells ruin the feel of your game, feel free to forbid them or restrict them in some way. There's also three pyramid articles that are related to languages. 
First one is uh, languages, culture, and the common tongue from Pyramid 316 by Demi Benson. Talks about uh, language defaults, trade pigeons, and uh, the cinematic and realistic takes on the common language. The second is Speaking in Tongues from Pyramid 354 by Jason P.K. Levine. It's uh, very similar, discussing uh, language defaults, language groups, but it also introduces wildcard languages and reprints the omnilingual advantage from GURPS supers with some new limitations. The third one is uh, Colorless Green Ideas Sleep Furiously from Pyramid 3. Uh, 44 by Roger Burton West. It provides an entire alternative language framework that takes inspiration from the third edition of GURPS. Languages become skills instead of advantages. I actually like this take, especially the fact that it introduces the difficulty levels of languages. But it ends up uh, making languages much more expensive. Now that I described everything I found concerning the languages in GURPS, Let's talk about what role the languages play in the game. Languages themselves uh, rarely are the central point of the game. They can play a very important role, for example, in espionage games or in wild frontier games where dramatic translation scenes can happen. However, the translation scenes probably don't look as exciting as, for example, combat, and they do not involve many dice rolls, unless, of course, you're translating from broken to broken. Languages feel very binary. You either know a language or you don't. Colorless green ideas sleep furiously fixes the latter by turning languages into skills. In games such as D&D-style fantasy, languages may seem less important. As I said before, in AD&D, every sapient species had their own language. D&D 3.0 revised this, consolidated many languages into a single one. For example, all goblinoids in D&D 3.1 speak goblin, while in the past goblins were speaking goblin, hobgoblins were speaking hobgoblin, and bugbears were speaking bugbear. Uh, the same applies to fae, giant, dragon, and many other languages. While from point of view of verisimilitude and realism this feels wrong, from point of view of gameplay, it's a good thing. Humans usually had more languages based on their ethnicity or region, while other races much more monolithic in terms of languages is not explained. I've also encountered this problem when I was building the setting for my game. It just made no sense that some of the races were speaking the same language. But the more languages there are in the game world, the less valuable each language feels. And if you take, for example, 10 different languages, you feel scammed, since you spent 40 or 60 points on them, and the language problems will rarely come up. That's why I think that the language defaults are very important. If your setting has many languages, consider creating a map or a table of language defaults. Thus, if a character has purchased goblin language at native, he would be able to speak to hobgoblins at accented and to orcs at broken. If the character picked up the language of the blue dragons at native, he'd be able to talk to black dragons at accented and to silver dragons at broken. This makes things much better and each language feels uh, much less like wasted points. 
I can understand that some people feel that uh, the language barrier encounters where you might need to use a gesture skill, pantomime or drawing are boring, and it certainly can be if overused. But I just love encounters with uh, unknown languages where finding the teacher or an interpreter is an entire quest of itself. Also, I feel that languages are much more important to wizards. Magical scrolls and spellbooks all use languages, and if you explore an ancient dungeon and find a spellbook in an unknown language, the reward for deciphering and translating it will actually be tangible to the character, as he will gain access to the new spells. However, in considering all of the above, the languages may seem overpriced. That's why I'm considering making them cheaper using the following scheme. Add up the points spent on the spoken, written and signed forms of a language, apply a minus 60% limitation and round up. Also, language talent now costs 5 points. That uh, should probably do it.